Wait a minute, I hear something. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie. I'm your host, Rick, and uh, we are still looking into movies that I put in this category of the stupid movie club. Movies that are not considered, you know, famous works of art, but uh, I cherish them anyways. And uh, today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite 80s movies and I never really realized that until I watch it again and again and again and I say it every time after it goes off and then I just kind of forget about it but Bachelor Party from 1984 to me could be the perfect 80s movie it really says a lot about where cinema was at the time it says a lot about you know where we were Mentally, I mean, yes, it's a comedy film and it's 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 loose, you know, but this kind of uh, carefree, uh, live for today, uh, you know, die while you're young. Hey, we're all gonna die tomorrow because of the Cold War, or you know, Moscow's gonna launch the launch the missiles at any moment. It's funny how things repeat, um, but. That's kind of what brought us into this age, uh, with the, the with the AIDS epidemic going on. I mean, it just seemed like everything was coming to a screeching halt, or in a in a we're going to crash into a brick wall any moment. And I think that caused us to make real uh, carefree, uh, tough-edged comedy movies that you know, poke a, a lot of fun at a lot of different things that now you can't do or you get banned for life or, you know, how that works, which is, I'm sorry, folks. I just, I find it so ridiculous. I mean, there's a line you don't want to cross, I get. But at the same time, and just, you know, grow that extra layer of skin that we used to have. I don't know. Um, I don't know. If you can't make fun of yourself, then you live a pretty miserable life. Just saying. Anywho, not to get on that platform, but that's kind of where this mindset came from. And a lot of movies from this time period, no matter how kooky or zany they were, it was kind of a formulaic thing. And uh, I just, I love this movie. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, it gets a 6.3 out of 10. That's not bad. Uh, 1984, like I said, it's obviously a comedy. Uh, for a synopsis, we got on the eve of his wedding to his longtime girlfriend Debbie, uh, unassuming nice guy Rick is dragged out for a night of debauchery with by his friends. Uh, gaming the gang includes a cocky Jay, self-appointed ringleader of the party, and uh, a depressed, recently divorced Brad, which is hilarious. Um, Along the way, they run into Debbie's wealthy, disapproving father, her ex-boyfriend, Cole, whose attempt to stop the wedding in an unexpected way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some things in this, too, that 
when you watch it and you go, wait a minute, and we'll, we'll talk about it as we go along, but uh, things you just didn't really pick up on much, you know, when you're just viewing it as a teenager. Uh, this is directed by Neil Israel, did uh, Moving Violations, which I definitely need to talk about on here. It's really a good co-partner with this. When I think about that and I say, okay, almost the same movie, just in a different location, which I love both. Um, he did several of the Police Academy sequels. So again, kind of formulaic. You kind of see where things are going. Um, why to watch? Do we have a why to watch here? We got a things to know. Why to watch? It's wild, playful, and baldy. Baldy, there's a word for you. B-A-W-D-Y. Kind of like that. Uh, which I think describes this movie very well. Uh, it's fun, funny, and creative as it tries to tries hard to to be successful at making the audience laugh. Yeah, and that falls on the shoulders of, of several people in this movie instead of it being a showcase of one. Uh, Bastard Party is seriously funny. It's predictable and silly, especially the end, but it's all in good fun. Totally agree. I think that's what I like about it, right? It's that escapism thing. It's funny. And uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this thing. Who stars in this? Well, Tom Hanks playing Rick Gasco, which I'm going to be honest with you. This, you think about all the movies Tom Hanks is known for, this is my favorite performance in a movie by Tom Hanks. I, I guess because I wanted to be this Rick, I mean, he did the Ricks proud in this movie because he's everything I always wanted to be. Uh, and there's so many sides to this character that are unpredictable that I think really makes this character work. But for the most part, he's basically who I was as a teenager. I was baldy, right? Not balding, but baldy. Uh, when people would come out and you know, or come up to me and give me some kind of credentials of how important they were, I would do the golf clap to them. Oh, well, you must be happy with it. Your mother must be proud. I mean, I was that kind of person. Uh, all of you that's known me since the podcasting years, you're seeing Rick Light. Because uh, I grew up with George Carlin, Sam Kennison, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, it, it really took nothing for me to put you in your place, if you know what I mean. Uh, so you guys get to know Mr. Nice Rick, which I was more like the Rick in this movie, right? So, again, probably a reason I'm the way I am is because I saw this movie at a young age. Me and my best friend, Jeff Whitworth, were watching it in his house. We watched, <laughs> it's, it's funny how you remember things, right? We watched Bachelor Party, we watched DC Cab, and we watched Kiss Animal Eyes Alive. And... It's amazing. It's one of those nights where all these things just work magically for our age, right? We're 14 years old, maybe 15 at this point. This this was the perfect night, right? And uh, of course, you know, we're staying up watching this movie late because you know this movie's got some some nudity and stuff in nudity. And uh, you know, what good times, man. Uh, we got Tom Hanks. We've got Tony Katon in this. Very early role for her. Uh, she plays the love interest, Deborah, who comes from a wealthy family who does not like Rick. 
because Rick is he's a loose cannon. I mean, all of he hangs out with all of his buddies, right? Which are all lunatics. Speaking of, you got Adrian Smed in this who plays Jay, who's his who's Rick's best friend. Who, like I said, kind of is the ringleader of this thing. He kind of organizes, keeps all the guys from going too far off in the deep end. Uh, we got William Tepper in this, who plays Stan, who is Rick's brother, who's a doctor, who is hilarious. Uh, we got Gary Grossman in this, who plays their friend Gary, who's a uh, event uh, organizer for like concerts, all this kind of stuff. He says one of my favorite things ever in this movie. This is 84. And he's on the phone, so he's like, well, you know what? Screw Sting. <laughs> and I'm like, yes! Exactly. Uh, who else do we need to talk about that's in this? Uh, oh, we got Michael Dudikoff in this. How did I forget? Uh, <laughs> American Ninja himself is one of the gang, you know, one of the gang here that hangs out with everybody. Uh, Barry Diamond is Rudy, who's a mechanic that's also in this group. And, you know, so we got Rick is going to get married to Deborah. Her parents don't like Rick, and they have a family gathering before the wedding, which is hilarious because they're out playing tennis, and Rick just keeps <laughs> double-handing, hitting the ball over the fence and acting like it's a baseball game, not taking anything serious. Like I said, the dad hates him. The dad sits down and has a conversation with him and tells him how much of a loser he is. And Rick's like, well, you know, if, I think if I really work at it, I, I can have all this turned around by lunch. I mean, this is the kind of humor we get. He's so quick with the deliveries and so quick-witted. I wonder how much of it is just Tom Hanks just riffing on some of it. I know some of it had to be laid out, I'm sure, because... Um, the youngest Murray brother that's in Moving Violations. He, he's kind of the same way. So it's, I wonder how much of it was actually written. But uh, it just works so well with Tom Hanks. And again, my, my favorite performance by him. Uh, and, you know, they're planning to have a bachelor party for their friend that's getting married. And we get Gary going out. Like I said, he's the big bookie guy. So he goes out and he's trying to round up some strippers or hookers to show up. Uh, you got Rick's brother, who's the doctor, who is married to his partner at work, and he's, you know, his brother is kind of scum because he doesn't mind messing around with other women. But, you know, you see who he married and how she is, which, what's her name? She's in a ton of 80s movies. Wouldn't you know it, I'm in an area where I have no reception here. Uh, anywho, Tina Finch. Oh, what's her name? Dad Burnett. Had it and it disappeared. Wendy Jo uh, Sperber? Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Wendy Jo Sperber, which is in, she was in like 1941, a lot of TV series. She might have been in Booze and Buddies. She was in a TV series like that. Oh, I forgot Deborah Heron's in this too, uh, from uh, not necessarily the news, used cars. She is Deborah's sister, uh, Tawny's sister in the movie, and she hates men. 
which pay, plays off later on. There's a gosh, there's so much to, to talk about that are tie-ins. It's really hard. But anyway, we get back to the family. Family don't like Rick. Well, they invite Deborah's ex-boyfriend, who's super rich, has money, and they want him to try to win back Deborah and get her away from Rick by any means necessary. Is kind of what the dad says. So this kind of plays out through the whole thing. He's trying to ruin the bachelor party and get Rick in trouble so Deborah will leave him so he gets her back. Which leads to even him pulling out a crossbow and tries to shoot Rick. Which is, <laughs> like I said, it's one of those things where you just kind of go, wait a minute. He's even willing to murder this guy with a crossbow in a hotel room full of people. I mean, he's across in another building, but still, I mean, that's just how crazy this thing goes. And of course, you know, they see an arrow shot in the wall and Rick's like, oh, where'd this come from? Who did this? You know, and they're just paying it off nonchalantly. So there's a lot of humor in this thing that just, it doesn't stop. You, you can't really talk about any one thing, uh, except the fact of, have you ever watched a movie where uh, <laughs> they're having a bachelor party and they bring in this belly dancing woman and she's gonna have <laughs> she's gonna have sex with a donkey as the entertainment and the donkey goes over to a bar while this girl is dancing taking her clothes off the donkey sees this big thing of potato chips it's eating the chips and then in front of that is a whole bunch of drums so have you ever seen a donkey die from a heart attack from snorting lines of coke and taking a bunch of pills I mean, it literally is lapping up all these pills, and it it literally starts snorting up lines, not just a pile of cocaine, lines, <laughs> like it knows what it's doing. And it's comedy gold. I mean, it's just, it's great. And, uh, you know, so now you get the bachelor party that's happening. I mean, there is so many people in this thing, it's ridiculous. It starts off terrible. And, um, oh, I forgot the ex-boyfriend, when, uh, when our bookie goes down to find the, the hookers, our, our ex-boyfriend pulls up behind the guy and tells the pimp, hey, that guy that just left, this surprise is for him, and we've changed the address. We want the party to be at this location instead. So whatever he booked to come and be at the bachelor party ends up going to <laughs> the shower, the wedding shower that they're having for Deborah and all of her mother's friends who are all highfalutin, you know, super rich, <laughs> and so they're having this nice little dainty get together and these two girls show up with bull whips and all this stuff and they start doing <laughs> an act together <laughs> in the middle of this wedding shower you don't get to see the act but you can tell by the ladies faces they are totally appalled and uh, <laughs> again just the, the humor in this is I, I just think it's great um Gosh, I, I don't know what else to talk about. It ends up with, uh, you know, rights being turned wrong. You end up where um, Deborah's in, you know, early on, she's she's worried about all this. She's worried about how they're going to get everything done. Wedding time, the thing that her parents don't like him. And, and he's passing it off as being not a big deal. And he said, hey, you know, in a couple of days, you're you're gonna be Mr. Nice or Miss Nice Guy because you're marrying a nice guy and everything's gonna be fine and it makes her feel better. 
she can't go to sleep, you know, and he's trying to talk her down and give her this information. And then afterwards, when they both lay down, they're both wide awake. So it shows that even he's kind of worried about it after thinking about everything. So it shows that even though he's kind of carefree and, and, you know, flies by the seat of his pants, at the same time, he still has the same concerns that everybody does. And I'm the same way. Um, this is that same thing where as a teen, I was invited to the parties to be the entertainment because I was the wild and crazy guy. Uh, but at the same time, I still had the, the same concerns and wants and needs of any individual person of the time. So, you know, that one of those personal things I had to deal with was I was kind of the class clown. And you all know the class clown never gets the girls, right? Because they, they think you're funny, but they wouldn't be seen going out with you, right? So... Not that I'm saying that it's really an issue. I ended up with who I'm supposed to be with. But it's that thing of you kind of see that play out. And it, it's true. It's a true thing. But you know what? It is what it is. You're not going to hear me cry about it because life works out the way it is. As long as you're comfortable with who you are, and the, none of the rest of it matters. So, anywho, I don't know why I even got into all that. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think this movie is, is, is special in a weird kind of way because it is seedy, it's got nudity, it's got drugs, it's got a, a buddy that shows up they haven't seen since childhood who is drugged out of his mind, who is freaking hilarious in this movie because he's going through a bad marriage and he's trying to convince Rick that, you know, why are you doing this? Why would you do this to yourself? Um, I just, I just love this movie and the fact of, you know, by the end of it, it all works out. You have to talk about where the ex-boyfriend kidnaps Deborah and takes off with her and he steals a city maintenance truck to do so. Now Rick, as a profession, is a school bus driver for a Catholic school, <laughs> which is hilarious all in itself. Um, so you get this chase scene where this guy is, has stole a, a city uh, maintenance truck who has a guy sitting on the back that sets out the cones on the road, so you, you know. So, so now you get this chase scene where Rick is chasing this truck in his school bus with all of his buddies in there with him, and this guy is driving, and there's a guy on the back that's setting out cones while they're driving, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. It's just funny. I mean, it just is. So uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say about this one. I, to me, this is just... Another great example, if somebody comes up and says, you know, hey, what was the 80s like? You can kind of just throw this movie in and go, here's what we thought it was like. Here's the kind of stores that we shopped in. Here were the, uh, just the way that we dealt with things. I mean, it really shows a lot of things uh, in a weird and campy kind of way. But anyways, after this chase scene, they end up in a movie theater to hide and we get this thing where there's a 3D movie going on and you got Tom Hanks and this other guy that are fighting in front of the screen and it's identical to what's happening in the movie. And of course, somebody's going, man, these 3D effects are amazing. One girl says, I've seen better. And then she gets punched in the face. She's like, whoa. It's just, it's just fun, 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 fun stuff. Even though somebody tries to kill somebody else with, <laughs> with a, uh, what I, what I say it was earlier? Uh, crossbow 
I mean, it's just, it's like, you might be taking this a little too far. Um, so if you like Police Academy, if you like moving violations, I mean, there's really, these are like continuations of each other. I really think that. Uh, I highly recommend this one. I don't, uh, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, it's a five out of five for me. Uh, the perfect 80s movie. Yep, I said it. There you go. So uh, let me know what you think if you're a fan of this one. Uh, you, you just can't go wrong with it, people. I mean, and again, I think this is the best Tom Hanks movie, bar none. All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you later.